We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sixth Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Sixth Man Show. Today is July 6, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, bro? How was your fourth? Fourth was good. Fourth was good. Had uh, went to my parents' house. My dad got this giant inflatable slide for all the grandkids, which turned into also being used by a lot of the adults. Always a good time. And um, only one injury occurred. So it's all right. You know, it was it was a good time. A lot of good food, burgers, obviously cake my dad's big thing now is freaking uh just making sundays so he's got like tons of ice cream tons of toppings and it's a mess because there's like eight grandchildren and they're all going through the line and their countertops are disgusting afterwards it's a great time how about you did you uh grill some burgers and dogs or what i've I've transferred like uh transitioned i guess from typical hot dogs i used to be a big ballpark B Frank's kind of guy. And now yeah. I think maybe we talked about this last week or last episode. Mm-hmm. I'm all about the brats now. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, fired up a few Johnsonville brats and some uh bacon and cheddar bubba burgers. If you don't know mm-hmm. about the bubba burgers, bubba burgers are where it's at. They're frozen, but you throw them They're on the good. grill, fantastic. Absolutely incredible. And then you made finished some fire the fire night. burgers went at your housewarming party as well. Bubba Those burgers. Were, Those they were bubba, bubba burgers. burgers. So fire. That day, yeah, I was on the grill like three, four hours straight that day. That was, mm-hmm. when you're the guy on the grill at a party, your your number one priority is just don't ruin the food. That's right. Because can't do that. I don't care how great a party is. If the food sucks, everything sucks. That's so true. When, That's you're true. you're taking a big, you know, responsibility when you're when you're the grill master at any kind of mm-hmm. event. But yeah, hot dogs, burgers. End of the night with a little drumsticks, introduced the the little ones to some drumstick ice cream cones, and they just like could not believe that you can put chocolate and peanuts on top of ice cream and then more chocolate and caramel in the middle and then chocolate at the end. They were just mind blown. And then we ended the night with some uh some poppers. You know, you just throw them on the ground and they explode sure. or whatever. And that was you know, my, my fourth of July's used to be a lot more exciting. That's right. I should I should say. So yeah, you know, just 
highlight of my fourth of july was getting sunburned even though i like reapplied sunscreen like you know three four times i'm still red so you know it's what happens i guess but no it, it was a good time and i hope that all of you had a fun and happy and safe fourth of july uh, just to give you guys a reminder this Saturday, the 8th at 5.30 Eastern time is going to be the Orlando Magic's first summer league game. A little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about the Orlando Magic summer league roster. Uh, but for that game at 5.30 on Saturday against the Detroit Pistons, we're hosting a watch party on playback. So if you are not familiar with playback, it's essentially like a watch party platform uh, where you can watch uh you can watch it a number of different things, but primarily people use it to watch sports together. So uh, we're basically creating like our own little community on playback. Producer Kevin is going to be hosting that. We're going to have some special guests on that broadcast. So uh, if you guys haven't seen it already, you can go to our Twitter uh, to find more information, to find the links. We're going to be sending out those links as Kevin is going live on Saturday. Uh, but you all have a chance to be you know part of the show. There's a, a live chat feature. Uh, you can also you know, join the speaker on stage. So uh, who knows? Maybe it gets a little bit crazy. Maybe Kevin brings some of you up on stage during the playback. So be on the lookout for that. Again, uh, that's going to be Saturday at 530 Eastern when the Magic take on the Pistons. And it's really cool just because like the whole community gets to watch the game and experience everything together. So something goes crazy. You know, Jet Howard has 30 points and Anthony Black has a triple-double, you know, in his first summer league game. Well, you'll all be there kind of uh, experiencing that together. So that's the really the cool part about uh, playback. So looking forward to that. And then, Luke, we got some more news today about the NBA in-season tournament that is going into effect this season. Uh, the final four of that tournament is going to be taking place. I'm pulling up Woj's tweet right now about it. That's going to be December 7th and 9th in Las Vegas. It's going to be the final four. Uh, I think we're going to find out more information. Uh, ESPN is having an in-season tournament launch show on Saturday on ESPN at 7.30. That's taking place in Las Vegas. Our very own Paolo Bancaro is going to be featured in that. My guess is we're going to learn like all of the details and sort of like the scheduling and how all of that is going to work. Um but they announced the final four is going to be December 7th and 9th in Las Vegas. And then he added this little point at the end saying statistics will count for the league's regular season game, except for the championship game of the event. So I don't know if that means just like the first game of the final four, like the semifinals will count during regular season stats or like all of this kind of in season tournament will count for regular season stats. A little bit confusing. I don't know why you would have some games but not others. Like, I thought the point of this was, I guess, all teams are supposed to play the same amount of games, but if you're doing this, it seems like like four teams are going to be playing more than 82 games, so I don't really like totally understand it. It seems kind of confusing, Luke. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The Magic are going to win it, and uh, that's all I know. So I don't really love the final four being in Vegas. Like I know obviously at some point there's an expansion team coming to Vegas, probably most likely Seattle as well, unfortunately. But the fact that like you're not playing these on like teams floors is, is kind of lame. Like I would love like an in season tournament championship to be played like on the Orlando magic's you know, home floor, like having 
to travel across the country to go to Las Vegas to watch like the in-season tournament championship. That doesn't really get me all that excited. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think that the, I mean, they're just trying to be the exact opposite of the postseason so that it feels like there's a reason for it and whatever. I, I get what they're doing because in the playoffs, someone's going to have an advantage because you're, you know, you've got, you know, obviously your team has home court advantage or whatever it might be. That means that they get the seventh game of the series. So they're just trying to rule out all type of advantages so that maybe smaller teams or teams that don't have as, you know, crazy crowds or as much home court advantage. I don't really know the reasoning, but I think that we see, you know, one or two years of the neutral stuff. And if it doesn't work, I would like to think the NBA has become so, uh, I don't even know, just pioneering new things for, for the league itself. Adam Silver's doing this. I would like to think that he'd be pretty reactive to, to make changes as seen fit. So see how it goes. I'm willing to give it a, a year or two before I'm out on it, but I'm intrigued. No doubt. I'm interested to see really how the teams are going to handle it. Come like the finals, right? Like, and are players going to play every game? Are you going to see some players that just kind of sit out for the first couple rounds or whatever, just to preserve their bodies like they would anyway during a season? I'm very interested to see how it's all managed. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. So again, that's going to be on Saturday at 7.30. And again, our boy Paolo Bancaro is going to be involved in that somehow, some way. Don't exactly know what that looks like, uh, but looking forward to seeing that. Luke, now that we're you know a few days kind of removed from the Orlando Magic's you know free agency decisions, um, I mean, I guess we can talk a little bit about the Magic have now waived Bull Bull. We talked about that on the last episode that since they had moved back the kind of deadline date for his guarantee that the writing was on the wall that you know he could potentially be waived at least that's you know kind of was my uh, perspective of the situation and now uh, Tuesday was officially waived by the team so they waived Bull Bull uh, fully guaranteed Markel Fultz and Gary Harris's contracts for this upcoming season they picked up Gogo Batazde's uh, team option for this season, and then they declined Admiral Schofield and Michael Carter-Williams with going out and signing Joe Ingles to the two-year $22 million deal. The second year of that is expected to be a team option, and then the two-year $16 million deal for Mo Wagner. Again, the second year of that, there's speculation that it could be a, a team option. We're still kind of waiting to hear the particulars about that. I've been watching Track. I haven't seen that updated just yet. Uh, but really the, the biggest pieces of this seem to be waving bull bull, bringing in Joe Ingles and Goga Batadze and Luke, where are you at now? Like now that we've had a few more days to process and kind of let that marinate, how are you feeling about the magic's free agency in general? I think the, really the, the number also I'll, I'll add this real quick before I continue, as you guys are listening to this, you will we'll probably we're definitely going to start hearing details of contracts today as you're listening to this July 6th so stay tuned I'm sure to Orlando Magic Orlando Magic PR whatever on Twitter as we find out more details and find out for sure which contracts are team options we can pretty much trust that the ones are going to have them like we've heard reportedly the other thing as far as how I feel about free agency 
there is one thing I want to address. I've heard a lot of people griping about Mo Wagner and him, you know, being signed to the deal and what are we doing and and why why didn't you go get Plumley? Things like that. And the thing I want to say is that why do you think Mo Wagner? It, why do you think that news was taken longer to announce than the other deals? Than Joe Ingles, than the options that you pick up that you decline. It's all because the Magic were trying, I'm sure. You're telling me that Mason Plumley got $5 million and didn't get an offer anywhere else? I think that the Magic probably offered him what they offered Mo. In eight, fact, it was year. reported that mm-hmm. he was offered more money elsewhere and wanted to stay with the Clippers. There you go. So he definitely got, I would think, the Magic offered something for any backup big quality kind of guy. Plumley included. He was one of the only, really the ones out there, right? So I think the magic, that's why. And so I'm, I'm kind of tired of seeing people talk about Mo Wagner. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of, you know, that feeling as well, just on free agency with Mo Wagner. Overall, I feel great about him and about the free agency. Sorry. Joe Ingles, obviously, you bring in a versatile shooter, someone that's going to make plays. And so I'm I'm super excited about uh, what that's going to mean for this team com- coming season. Yeah, it's definitely like they didn't make any big splashes. Very obviously, no nobody really expected them. At least in you know the 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 magic universe, people that follow the team closely, nobody really expected them to go out and and sign a, a big name free agent. There are some people that wanted that, and you know just respectfully, and I think the front office's actions align with the thinking that it's just not quite time for that but if i had to give it like a grade i would give it like a solid b it wasn't an a because of the fact that you weren't really able to shore up the depth at the center position and and even upgrade at that position like bringing in joe Ingles, much needed bench depth much needed shooting on this roster and just kind of running back the backup rotation of what i'm going to guess is going to be goga and then Mo Wagner, you know, kind of behind that. And honestly, I don't even know if that's necessarily the case. You know, Goga is great. You're only paying him, I think, $2 million this next season. Mo Wagner is going to be making eight. You know, the amount of money that guys make shouldn't really dictate the rotation in the NBA. But we know that that's not always the case. Sometimes guys play just because they are making more money mm-hmm. than other guys. So it'll be interesting to see how Mosley's rotations kind of shape out. But that's just kind of the one like glaring thing to me is like we had an opportunity to to make a real upgrade at that position, weren't able to close the deal for whatever reason. Once you sign Joe Ingles, you would price yourself out of Brooke Lopez. But you look at other guys, you know, Eubanks going to Phoenix, Thomas Bryant going to Miami, Plumlee staying with the Clippers. It, it just feels like the magic kind of maybe they just didn't see it as a priority and, and perhaps weren't as aggressive as maybe we would like them to be, uh, but I'm sure they're fairly comfortable with just bringing those guys back. You know, it doesn't seem like they're going to be making any other type of move there, but yeah, I mean, we've talked about this with Mo Wagner and I didn't bring it up really on the last episode, but we talked earlier in the, the off season about all these different options that they had to make. And, um, you know, going into free agency, Mo Wagner was really your only, true free agent this summer 
uh, a guy that you know really could have signed elsewhere uh, if you wanted to. But his and aside from the connection with Franz, like just his kind of demeanor and, and leadership qualities and um, the way that he speaks about the culture of this team, I've always loved him for the locker room. And I think it's great that he's back because I do think he brings a level of, you know, um, perception of this team to, to kind of keep them level headed at times. You know, he's been in other locker rooms around the league. I, I don't, I guess we're going to be referring to guys like him and, and Markel and J.I. as as the vets on this team, even though it may not necessarily feel that way. Um, but I think for maintaining the the culture of this team, Mo, like bringing back Mo Wagner, I don't think that can be really overstated. I'm super excited about that aspect. But yeah, that's just and I see some people like commenting like, you know, we are not giving Mo Wagner like enough respect, like. Let's just call it what it is. Mo Wagner is can be really advantageous in certain matchups, um, but he is kind of a, a tweener, like a four or five. We've said this. He's not quite quick enough to guard fours, not quite big enough to guard fives. Like defensively, a lot of nights he's at a disadvantage. So if you're telling yourself that there, you couldn't have found a, a better option uh, to be like in a backup center role than that, I I would just kind of disagree there. But again, really happy that uh, Mo Wagner is back. And um, I, I now that Bull Bull is waived, I guess that's the other part that we need to, to talk about here. Just were you shocked well, really at quick, all? Really quick. I just want to add this. When you're talking about not adding a backup big this offseason, it's very imperative to continue to note the contractual obliga- like uh, you know opportunities the Magic have with the team options, right? Goga is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Mo you have the opportunity to not take his pick up his option. And then you look toward, you set yourself up to sign a backup center next off season. I, I just don't think that it was a, an urgency. And I don't think that they think that they needed to really upgrade to improve this year compared to last year. You got guys in free agency next year, unrestricted wise this is not including the restricted guys who you could probably throw a bag at, but unrestricted, you got Xavier Tillman, Zach Collins, Kim Birch, Valanciunas, Hartenstein, Nick Claxton, um, Luke Cornett, um, and then you know Zeller, Plumley, Mason Plumley again, and Robin Lopez, which probably not going to run that one back. But the point stands. I think you can still get a decent backup next summer. I don't think it's a rush. You set yourself up, and I think the contracts tell us all we need to know that backup center will be something that's on the table absolutely next season off season because you've got the flexibility to do so. Well, kind of back to when we were talking um, like right before free agency when Brian Windhorst was saying like there's some thoughts around the lead that the Magic may be a little bit more willing to, you know, kind of step on the gas. And my point was, well, if you just kind of look at the context clues and, and what they're doing in the draft, it doesn't really seem that way. And them being kind of willing to run that back, and although they did a great job maintaining like their long-term flexibility, bringing those guys back and not being more aggressive and upgrading at that position tells me that they're not quite there yet where they're kind of pressing the gas on the Well, they rebuild. couldn't get anybody. I just think that's what it boils down to. Like, I'm sure they tried and tried, but you wanted to bring in Joe Ingles. Prime, obviously, it showed their priorities were did lie within shooting. And you probably tried with the money you had to get a backup big and nobody wanted to come. And that's fine because once the Magic win 45 plus games next season, 
backup backup bigs are going to want to come for a little bit more money even so i think that you just I, I i i refuse to believe that they didn't try but they got the guy they wanted which was joe ingles right primary target number one and then you just kind of settle with whatever happens the rest of the way and you knew that you were probably going to run it back if you did sign somebody like joe ingles um just because you know these other guys aren't going to go with you for two three more million dollars to play for a team that you know didn't really win last year and yeah, I, I'm not even necessarily saying that they didn't try. I just I feel like if that was really the goal to push the team forward, they probably would have been a bit more aggressive. And does that even look like free agency? N- not necessarily. Like if you were really trying to push this team forward, we probably would have seen like a little bit of like consolidation. Maybe that's coming later on coming. in the off season. Uh, but I I would be pretty surprised at that point. I, I feel like they're and and leading up to the draft, them talking about continuing to evaluate young players you know that, that doesn't and and not skipping steps that doesn't sound to me like a team that is all of a sudden going to make big moves to you know marginally improve the roster if they're just hell-bent on you know making the playoffs next year or you know getting the sixth seed or the seventh seed at, at this juncture i don't see any reason to press the gas just yet like you mentioned all these deals that they made preserve the long-term flexibility going in and next summer so next summer, if they are ready to take that step and press on the gas a little bit to move the team forward, as we're all hoping and expecting that they are next season, they'll still have the cap flexibility to do that. You know, are they going to, you know, are they going to re-sign Markel? Are they going to extend Cole Anthony? Are they uh, you know, going to extend Jonathan Isaac? Like all of these you know, questions that have, have popped up. And if the answer to some of those is no, the Magic are going to, again, have a lot of cap space next summer. So. But yeah, Bull Bull, uh, that news coming out that the Magic were waving Bull Bull. What are your thoughts on that? Were you surprised by that at all? Maybe slightly, but but I, I mean, you and I, the stance that you and I had on it leading up to really in, probably until a few weeks ago was the last time we talked about it. We would have been surprised if Bull Bull didn't just get, you know, stay on the roster, just given that it wasn't much money. But after you draft two guys that are rookies, you pick up a free agent, you retain some other people, the the space on this roster just dwindles. And maybe at some point, Bull Bull was like, I maybe had a conversation and said, I'd rather go somewhere where the minutes are more clear. I don't know where that's at for Bull Bull. I think he's going to have to go to some pretty bad teams that are willing to let him develop his IQ on the basketball court and some other things he needs to work on. But I, I do wonder if that was a conversation internally because the you, I, I, I was listing out like kind of our depth chart, possible lineups. There's just not, it, it feels just like last off season, but heightened last off season. My, my points rolling into the season were like, where are all these minutes going to go? And then you had things like RJ Hampton getting dealt. Chumo KK basically played out of rotation. And now you have even more cases for people that need minutes. You bring in Joe Ingles that we think could limit Jet Howard's minutes. Absolutely. So there's just a lot of confusion on where minutes are going to go. And I think when it really boiled, what it really boiled down to was they didn't have minutes for Bull Bull. And they, he's the one that they wanted to least focus on to develop. 
it was probably just one of those things where they did him a favor and said, go test out the market yourself. We're going to waive you. Do whatever you need. Get you know minutes wherever you can. We're not really prioritizing your development and you're not going to get minutes here. So that's probably what it you know, ultimately came down to for him. Yeah, I guess maybe we should have saw the writing on the wall for this like after the draft, like when the Magic added two guys in the draft because we we knew that the roster spots, especially if the Magic did anything in free agency, were, were going to be hard to come by. Now, did we see them going out and, and signing a veteran and also re-signing Mo Wagner and keeping Goga and everything like that? Like, not necessarily. The reports are that the Magic were trying to move Bull Bull draft night and were unable to do so. It wasn't surprising when the news came out, I think because of the fact that they had already pushed back the guaranteed deadline, and that kind of gave us a hint of what could be coming. But if you asked me, like, you know, a week ago, would I be surprised by the Magic waving Bull Bull? I think I would have just because of the fact that he was set to make $2 million this year, you know, showed a lot of potential last year, showed even more mistakes. Let's all be honest and be clear about that. But yeah, once the, the roster spots you know started to go, somebody else had to go, not just Michael Carter Williams, not just Admiral Schofield, but Bull Bull. And I'm sure he's going to get another opportunity somewhere. Tons of potential still. If he can you know, figure out how to contribute on a consistent basis and, and make less mistakes, he can be a really, really good player and contribute to a good team. But the magic, you know, there, there's only so many guys that they can develop. They're still developing Paolo. You're still developing Franz Wagner to a certain extent. Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, now Anthony Black, Jet Howard, Goga, I'm sure to a certain extent. There's all, only so many guys that you can develop at a time. And there just really did not seem to be a route to minutes for Bull Bull next year, barring multiple injuries. And at that point, you'd only be playing him because you absolutely have to. What is most surprising to me, and maybe it shouldn't be because he is he does have almost like a cult-like following because he's such a polarizing player, is I'm like a little bit surprised at some of the outrage that I'm seeing about this. That People just cannot believe that we moved on from Bull Bull, who, yes, did show incredible flashes. Bull Bull can do things on a basketball court that maybe like five guys in the world at his size can do, but it doesn't make up for the mistakes that he makes and the things that he cannot do on the floor. So it sucks. I liked Bull Bull. He was much better than you and I ever thought possible. We thought last year that he would never play, and we were wrong about that. Um, you know, Last year with the Magic, average 9.1 points per game, 5.8 rebounds, 1 assist, 1.2 block, shot 54% from the floor, 26% from the three-point line. Bull Bull, you know, part of the the unicorn mythology around Bull Bull, you know, is that he's this 7-2 guy who can, you know, dribble like a guard, rim protect, and shoot the ball. I feel like if he shot the ball better here last year, maybe you could talk yourself into keeping him here. But, you know, it, it just not really living up to, you know, that piece of his potential and all of that together, you know, it just kind of made sense that Bull Bull would be the guy out. Yeah. All right, let's talk about our patrons. So this episode is brought by 
brought to you, I, I should say, to by our wonderful patrons. If you haven't heard already, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show, where for as little as $2 a month, you can help financially support the show. We have other tiers of benefits like our elite tier where you can get discounts off of regular season home Orlando magic tickets. So if you're in Orlando, you like going to magic games and you want to get discounted tickets, um, you can join our elite tier on our Patreon again, patreon.com slash the six man show. Uh, today we do have uh, not a new patron, um, but our boy Jonathan Borges went into our hall of fame tier at the annual level said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and pledge the entire year. So a big shout out to our boy, Jonathan. Really, really appreciate that. Great name, by the way. And as always, we shout out our Hall of Fame tier and elite tier patrons each episode, which will start with Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Magic Static, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Francis, Warmth, Pierre A, Nostalgia and M&M's, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dutto, Bobby Skinner, Goaty93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Freakin, Shahan177, Bulby the Don, Himlo, Ben Himro, Arm Prof221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid714, Spank Too Hard, Soft Taco, Jesse, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Fanimal72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Current C. Kev, Bruv Sal. A big thank you to all of our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Luke, today we got a pretty big unexpected announcement um, that general manager of the Orlando Magic John Hammond is going to be transitioning into a senior advisor position within the organization, as Jeff Weltman announced on Wednesday. And Jeff Weltman is promoting assistant general manager Anthony Parker to be the Magic's new general manager and also promoting associate general manager Pete D'Alessandro to be the new executive vice president of basketball operations. Luke, John Hammond, 60 years old. He's going to be 69 in a couple weeks here. 
uh, worked 32 years in the NBA, won a title as an executive with the Detroit Pistons in 2004, and then won the 2010 NBA Executive of the Year Award as the general manager for the Milwaukee Bucks uh, before coming to the Magic with Jeff Weltman in 2017. And Anthony Parker was the general manager of the Lakeland Magic previously become before becoming the assistant general manager uh, for the Orlando Magic and won, helped win um, the G League championship for the then Lakeland Magic back in 2021. Luke, thoughts on the news and then just kind of reactions to the promotions. Yeah, I, I'm very interested. I'm, first, I'm glad to see that they're going this route, that they're promoting from within, shows that they trust the team in place. There's nothing wrong with the team, right? It's not, oh, there's, you know, whatever, right? Altercation within the team, turmoil. They're not clearing house. It's just simply John Hammond stepping into a new role, less responsibility, moving into the next phases of his life. So I think it is just good news for Magic fans that they are promoting from within, first of all. Second of all, uh, congratulations to Anthony Parker. Anthony Parker was the general manager in Lakeland when I was working there in 2018. Should have won a championship in 2018, but Theo Penson had other ideas in the Eastern Conference Finals. That magic, that Lakeland Magic team was a lot of fun. Obviously, I'm biased, but uh, it was a great group from top to bottom, and that started with Anthony Parker. And I can just speak from my experience, my conversations with Anthony Parker. Uh, Anthony Parker, after I was long gone with Lakeland, took the time to talk with me. Right, like this is a guy who is just really top, high class character. So I remember I had a Zoom meeting with him in 2019 or 2020 at my apartment in omaha nebraska when i was removed from working within the magic organization and he just it meant a lot to me that he took the time i shot him a text told him i'd love to pick his brain and we had a conversation and i want to say that conversation was 45 minutes to an hour long where he was just an open book ask me whatever uh whatever you want i didn't really give much premise as to why i wanted to have a conversation with him and he it didn't matter to him he sat down. He's super genuine. I think that that translates. You treat people well. They treat you well. And the, mag, the, you know, the Magic organization obviously values AP. And I'm just super happy for him. He deserves everything coming his way. And I'm just I'm very happy for him, but also interested to see how this works. You and I have had the conversation, right? But what, what do you think this means as far as an operational standpoint? Do you, do you foresee that it creates any type of differences or are we seeing pretty much the same ship that's ran? I think it's pretty much the same ship that's ran. So any magic fan that saw that news on Wednesday and, and, and freaked out about it, uh, I, I don't think it's a, a big deal in a, in a negative light, at least for the magic. I think it's a big deal in the sense of just kind of getting some, some new blood in there from, you know, promoting from within. Obviously it's a huge opportunity for Anthony Parker and, uh, you know, another opportunity for Pete D'Alessandro as well. It's good for John Hammond. Um, definitely going to miss his interviews with the media because he was like the only person that would tell us what like they were actually doing. So uh, especially his interviews with our buddy Brandon Kravitz on you know ninety six nine the game. Always tuned into those. Those were like appointment radio listens because be like, oh, that's actually what they're thinking. Okay, thank you for uh, letting us know what's actually going on, John Hammond. But excited for him, obviously. 
Um, but no, I don't think this changes anything. Like it's not going to change the the strategy or the vision for this team or like the team, you know, building philosophy at all. Uh, the odds are that Anthony Parker was being prepared for this position for a long time and has probably had some, you know, input into decisions being made with the magic for quite some time. So this isn't really a, a as huge of a move as it might seem. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I mean, you, you, like I said, promoting from within, you're promoting guys that know how it goes. You don't have to worry about Anthony Parker opening his mouth on a radio segment or a podcast. Like you don't have to worry about that stuff because he knows the drill. He knows exactly what, what Weltman wants. And he's like you said, he's been kind of prepared and I'm sure mentored to get to the point where he is in his career. I I doubt that it changes much of anything. I hope that we get to see Anthony on, you know, 96, nine, the game making appearances, you know, all over just because it is nice to get someone else's opinion and just the way that they present things. Uh, I'm very excited to, to see what, how that goes. Just to give you some more uh, background on Anthony Parker, if you are not familiar, uh, was the 21st pick in the first round in the 1997 draft selected by the New Jersey Nets. Uh, never played for the Nets, but played for uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, played 16 games for the Orlando Magic in the 99-2000 season, uh, but then went on to play internationally. Was a three-time EuroLeague champion, was a two-time EuroLeague MVP. Uh, as well as a five-time Israeli Super League champion and Israeli Super League MVP in 2004. Uh, Finished up his playing career in 2012 with the Cleveland Cavaliers, where he almost immediately transitioned into a role with the Orlando Magic as a scout from 2012 to 2017, um, before becoming the Lakeland Magic, well, then Lakeland Magic, now Osceola Magic, uh, general manager in 2017, and then in 2021 uh, was promoted to the you know main Orlando Magic Club as the assistant general manager. So has been with the Orlando Magic organization for you know 11 years and and spent you know some time here even before that back in 2000. So um, he's definitely used to the way that business is ran here and has been kind of this part of his career. He's been almost like raised through the Orlando Magic organization. So uh, this is, is very much going to be business as usual. Just going to be a, a great you know elevation and, and promotion for Anthony Parker. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Luke, last thing that I wanted to talk about before we close out uh, today's episode is this is our last episode before the Magic Start Summer League on Saturday. So just thought it would be helpful to you know, just go through and talk about uh, the Orlando Magic Summer League roster. And it's pretty thick this year. I will, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and say that. Just going to go through and, and, and talk about you know, some of these guys here. Obviously, Anthony Black. Uh, Caleb Houston, you know, second year for the Magic is going to be playing in summer league. Uh, Kevon Harris, uh, this is going to be his, I believe, second year as well, uh, playing uh, summer league for the Magic you know, on the two-way contract with the Orlando Magic. Uh, Jet Howard as well, uh, but then Tiger Campbell, who is a guard out of UCLA. J.C. Butler, a forward out of UC Irvine. Amari Hardy out of Oregon. Odyssey Tony out of Arkansas uh, knows Anthony Black very very well. Uh, DJ Wilson uh, out of Michigan, who I believe was a was, was he a first round pick a few years ago for the Milwaukee Bucks. That would be somebody that I would keep our eye on potentially for a, a two way contract. Um, I don't know given his time in the league, if he is eligible for a two-way contract at this time. This is showing that he's had four seasons in the league already. Uh, Tyler Hall out of Montana State. Quindary Weatherspoon out of Mississippi State. Drake Jeffries out of Wyoming. Elijah Hughes out of Syracuse. Dexter Dexter Dennis out of Texas A&M. Robert Baker II out of Harvard. Malcolm Hill out of Illinois. Montez Mathis out of St. John's. Jamal Bay out of Washington, Elijah Williams out of Northwestern. I'm sure our boy Philip Rossman Reich is excited about that one. Uh, Malik Ellison out of Hartford, Davion Warren out of Texas Tech, and Kai Soto out of the Philippines, who played in the second division of the Japanese league this past season, if I'm not mistaken. Luke, I mean, out of you know the the guys that we expect to be on the Orlando Magic roster in one way or the other are there really any of these guys that you have on your radar or excited to see play? Uh, obviously the, any magic of the, the magic players, Anthony black, Caleb Houston, uh, come Harris, jet Howard, those guys, DJ Wilson is super intriguing to me. I mean, you already said it. He was the 17th pick in the 2017 NBA draft by the Milwaukee bucks. Who knows? But it's always an interesting time to to see who's able to rise to the top and who's not. Kai Soto, he we all know he's got the following. I'm very interested to see how it plays out for Kai Soto. Is he going to get the start in in the first game? His popularity would suggest that, but I don't know that his production on the court suggests that. That will be intriguing to see how it plays out. There. There's a I really quickly, Jonathan, I we've talked about this before. Summer League is not a direct reflection of a player's career. In fact, it's very misleading for some players. I was listening to Nick's film school with the Blue Wire family. I was listening to their latest episode. And they were taught Jonathan Macri um was talking about how when Kevin Knox and Andrew Claudio, their producer, they were co hosting and they were talking about how Kevin Knox at the end of the, the second quarter in a summer league game, maybe his debut went crazy, hit a few threes and at the end of that quarter and the Knicks were just convinced that Kevin Knox was, was going to be him. And as we know, Kevin Knox is in fact not him. And that just kind of goes to show 
what summer league really is. It's just a scrimmage that happens to be televised and it's not to be taken too seriously. It is a lot of fun. Our team is playing regardless and we get to see our young talent. I wanted to give you some insight, Jonathan, on the best summer league performances of all time. We'll we'll start with number five. I'll go through them pretty quickly here. Number five is Josh Hart. Okay, Josh Hart, uh, he averaged 24 points and five rebounds, one and a half steals per contest to win this 2018 Summer League MVP award. All right. The next one, this also after this one, it goes downhill. Number four, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell had uh, a tournament high 37 points to go with eight steals in a game between the Jazz and the Grizzlies. Great outing by him. Kyle Kuzma, number three, one of the top prospects to play in the league in his first two seasons with the Lakers. He scored 30 points on the night to go along with 10 rebounds, shooting 11 of 16 from the field. He has shown he can be pretty productive. Now, number two, Magic legend, Vaughn Wafer. He had a record tying at the time, 42 points in a game against the New York Knicks in Summer League. And number one, my favorite of all here, Anthony Morrow. Anthony Morrow produced a record-breaking 47-point performance in the 09 Summer League Tournament. He shot of 18 of 26 from the field. That's when he, in that Summer League, he played for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Morrow broke Marcus Banks and Vaughn Wafer's record of scoring the most points in an NBA Summer League game by a player. His record has, has stood for now, however long that is, 13 years. So there you go. You got a mixed bag, but at the top, were the guys that really didn't have, you know, Von Wafer had somewhat of an NBA career, right? But never was a high producer. You just can't get too high or too low about these games. What I can say, if they get, if they have a bad game, it doesn't mean much. We've always kind of reflected back on Franz Wagner. If they have great games, that that doesn't mean it's not anything, but it also doesn't mean that it's something. And you just kind of hope that they continue that play in the regular season. A lot of times they don't. That's a bad basketball out there, but it should be fun nonetheless. Yeah, just to add to your point about Franz Wagner. So Franz um, in his summer league, um, his rookie year averaged eight points, 3.8 rebounds, one assist, 1.2 steals, and like legitimately did not look good. Mm-hmm. And has obviously very much proven that to not be the case. So don't take anything from summer league like good or bad like rj hampton last year we were all ready to cut rj hampton now rj hampton has you know been cut twice now by the magic and most recently by the detroit pistons i'm i'm still a believer in rj hampton and at times during that 5 and 20 stretch last year rj hampton was like legitimately our best guard so yep. we were ready to cut him in summer league looked pretty good you know to to start the season last year so don't overreact one way or another if you see good things it's a good sign if you see bad bad things it may be a bad sign but it could also mean nothing if you see good things it could also mean nothing so just watch summer league watch how guys play together have fun but please do not put too much stock into what you're seeing for me it, it's also going to be DJ Wilson now uh, for some reason, I, I have this feeling in in my mind that when you're past a certain um, you know many number of years in terms of experience in the NBA, uh, that you are not eligible for a two way contract. I could be mistaken on that, but um, yeah, I remember watching DJ Wilson play for the Bucks a number of years ago, and 
um, thought he showed a lot of potential. I'm pretty sure he has a ring from the Milwaukee Bucks because he played, uh, what was that, 12 games for them in 2020-2021, the year that they won the title. So NBA champion DJ Wilson playing for the Orlando Magic Summer League roster. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Kai Soto is going to be interesting as well. Um, it's just him and Robert Baker II who are listed as the centers on this team. Uh, Robert Baker uh, being a 6'11 you know, forward slash center as he's listed here. I'm looking at the Orlando Magic site uh, right now. So uh, it'll be interesting to see um, who starts there. But really focusing on Anthony Black, Jet Howard, uh, and Caleb Houston. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see how Caleb Houston has expanded his game and how he might have improved uh, since the last time that we saw him. I still think regardless of unless he makes a massive leap, he's going to have a pretty tough path to finding minutes this year. But, you know, I'm, I'm in this for the long haul with Caleb Houston. Yeah. And also to your point, Robert Baker, the second played for the Lakeland Magic last year, averaging in 25 minutes, 11 points and seven rebounds, uh, almost two assists. And uh, yeah, so I, I think I would venture to say just for continuity's sake, Robert Baker could get the start over Kai Soto, at least for the beginning of the Summer League uh, tournament and appearance. But yeah, that's just a little bit of background there for Robert Baker the second played for Lakeland or Osceola. Sorry. All right. I think that is going to do it uh, for this one, Luke, unless you have anything else. No, no, no. I'll go on my end. All right, let's wrap it up, folks. Don't forget, again, coming up on Saturday, the 8th at 5.30, Magic are going to be taking on the Detroit Pistons in their first Summer League game. We're going to see the Summer League debut of Anthony Black and Jet Howard. Producer Kevin is going to be hosting a watch party on Playback. We're going to post all the links to social media, so be on the lookout for that. Who knows? You might be able to be part of the show. So looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to having some magic basketball again and, and looking forward to seeing these rookies. So that'll do it for us for Luke Sylvia. This has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to the six man show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the sixth man show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.